No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Find the Savior. Find Yeshua HaMashiach. Find the truth on Solace Radio. Give me just a second. If my computer will cooperate. And its title is Mysterion Babylon. That's the name of our study. Mysterion Babylon. We're going to take a real close analytical look, verse by verse, thought for thought, point for point, of Revelation chapter 17 and Revelation chapter 18. There's lots of folks think they know that they understand all about those those chapters and got it all, you know, wrapped up and, and all like that, but we need to be very careful that we understand what's actually said. And this, this is a parable. This is a cryptic, if you please, a cryptic description of something that's yet to happen. So, before we consider our answer or what we think it is, we need to be sure that we understand what's being said. And we're going to take, we're going to take very meticulous trouble, very meticulously analyze what's said. And then, at that point, after we know exactly what's said in Revelation chapter 17 and Revelation chapter 18, after that point, then we'll start looking around for things that might fit. And that's when it's going to get real interesting. So it's going to get, maybe I should say, very sobering to say the least, maybe even scary. Okay? But for the first couple of sessions, you're just going to have to be patient with me because we're going to very meticulously analyze what does it, what does the Bible actually, what, you know, what's being said. So, the, the title of our study is Mysterion Babylon. We're going to do it a little bit unusual. We're going to take a look at each verse individually, and then we're going to write just a little summary of what's, what's being said, because this is cryptic language or a parable language, if you please, to tell some very important truth. In fact, men and women, <clears throat> This is this is so important that there's five whole chapters in the in the Bible de- dedicated to Babylon. Five chapters. There's two chapters in the book of Revelation, chapter 17 and 18. There's two chapters in the book of Jeremiah, chapters 50 and 51. And there's a chapter in the book of Isaiah, chapter 13, dedicated to Babylon. Most of it is in parable or cryptic language, if you please. So it must be real important. You say, well, Harold, you just did this a while back. What are you doing it again for? Well, as as time has gone by, insight has greatly increased, and we, and we need to be sure we got a grip on it because if God dedicates five chapters to something, we need to understand it, don't we? So there's five chapters. Remember that as we study this. We're going to take a look at the ones in Revelation, making some references back to the ones in <coughs> Jeremiah and, and Isaiah. So let's just jump right into it. Now, I'm going to be reading this to you out of the King James. You may read it out of any... Any translation you desire, we're going to take a look at some uh, words in the original. We all understand that the New Testament was translated, or the Brit Hadashah, I should say, rather than the New Testament, was translated out of the Greek <coughs> out of the Greek language. It was preserved for us in Greek. So we're going to be looking at some Greek words. We're not going to be doing very many word pictures in this study. And I'm awful glad we got Wade with us here to help us. So let's read. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, and just take a look at what it's saying. And not add, not add anything into it, not take anything away, just simply look and be sure we've got a grip of what each verse says. So Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, out of the King James. You may read it out of any one you want to. 
you'll still come up with the same picture. I've done this whole study through three or four times in about seven different translations, so it ain't going to make no difference. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come unto me, come hither. I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. So you'll notice here I've got some words in different colors, and they're real key words to understanding what's being said here. This is being said by an angel, of course, or a messenger from the presence of God or from heaven. Heaven is where he's at. It's his presence. And this angel comes to John, and he says, come here, and I want to show you the judgment. And that's how the King James rendered it. I think most of the other translations will render that word as judgment. And as we look at it in the Greek, it, wait, is that crema? Am I saying that correctly? Crema. And it means a decision, a sentence. Okay. A sentence for or against crimes, a crime or crimes. Well, there's been a decision made. And guess what? It's a divine decision, isn't it? Because this angel's bringing it. And it says, I will show you the, the sentence that has been passed against the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Well, that word <coughs> great right there is the Greek word megas, and it means big or great in the sense of size, of physical size, okay? Not in intensity or, or uh, uh, ascendancy or anything like that, but in size. So this, this thing is big. And that word for uh, whore right there is literally the word in, in the Greek, it's porne, and it means a strumpet. And figuratively, it means an idolater. Well, that's not a, a word we hear a lot about, a strumpet. Let's see what it means, looking, uh, you know, going to the to the dictionary to find out what a strumpet is. It's a prostitute, of course, or like a prostitute, like a strumpet, or false, okay, inconstant, oh, buddy, to debauch or to go astray. So as we look at this word that got translated, you know, as a whore, prostitute, whore, prostitute all the time in these translations, remember that right along with it is this word inconstant or to debauch or to go, go astray. And re- <coughs> It's on many waters. So I want you to turn in your Bibles with me. I have mine here. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Revelation chapter 17. If you're not already open there, Revelation chapter 17, verse 5. And let's read what it says. It says, And upon her head was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So what that's telling us when it says that she was sitting on many waters is this thing is worldwide. This, 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 uh, this strumpet-like entity is worldwide. It's simply what she's setting on many waters. That's what he says in the verse here. It says, I will show you the sentence. Sentence has already been passed. It's a divine sentence against the great, because of the size of the thing, the strumpet that's sitting on many waters. So, as we would summarize that verse, you know, because remember, this is given to us in, in cryptic form or as a parable. Let's see how we could summarize that. Divine sentence has been passed against Mysterion Babylon, a large and strumpetuous entity influencing the entire earth. Can, can we, does that sound acceptable to everybody? Am I, am, are we lying? Are we mis, are we twisting scripture saying that this thing is worldwide? That's what that verse is telling us. And divine sentence in verse one of chapter 17 has been passed against it. Wow. So, 
Right off the bat, we learn that divine sentence has been passed against it, that its sins or its crimes have been judged. Alrighty. So let's go back now to chapter 17. Let's read it again now. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the crema of the great and size four that sits on many waters. So she's not just sitting on seven little hills in some city in Italy, but it's worldwide, okay? All right. Anybody want to take issue with any of that yet so far? This is an open forum. Just raise your hand or jump up, and we'll get a mic to you, and you can have at it. All right. Go to verse 2. Verse by verse, carefully looking at it, because when we get down to the judgment that comes on this and why it comes and how it comes, it gets pretty serious. And we need to know, don't you think if God gives us five chapters in the Bible about Mystery Babylon, he's telling us at least this is important and you need to know it. You need to know it. Okay, that, that's it's very important. So, already, <clears throat> just looking strictly at what the scripture says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Oh, my goodness. The fellow fornicators are what? The kings of the earth. Oh, wow. My goodness. If a strumpet is walking the street and you indulge with her, you're no better than she is. You're doing the same thing. Now you're a strumpet. So her fellow strumpets, if you please, are what? The kings of the earth. I didn't say that. Scripture says it. Don't, you know, you can, you can, you can throw tomatoes at me, cabbage, and everything you want to, but I'm just simply making us aware of what Scripture says. The kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Well, the kings, the presidents, the prime ministers of what? Where? Who? Well, the whole world, all the, all the continents, all the seven continents, Europe, Asia, North America, South America, Africa. If I wanted to get all seven, I would say Australia and Antarctica, wouldn't I? The Arctic is not a continent, it's an ice cap. So, the kings, the presidents, the prime ministers of the whole earth are committing fornication with her. They are involved in the same acts of falsehood and debauchery. Okay? We haven't, we're not trying to define what they are yet. We're going to get to that. Believe you me, we're going to get to it. So, as we look at verse 2, we need to realize it's very, very unusual. The inhabitants of the earth, or the people of all seven continents, are intoxicated by what's going on. So, this is really unusual. I mean, this is such a, this is, this is absolutely cryptic, to say the least. Because the rulers of the earth are involved in the same activities of the prostitute, the inhabitants of the earth are intoxicated. Wow, that's that's quite a riddle, isn't it? You know, the the kings of the earth are fornicating with this woman who does fornication. She's so good at it, she's the largest one on earth, if you please. And because the rulers are doing it, the inhabitants are getting drunk. Wow, that's unusual. That's that's cryptic to say the least, isn't it? That that's very unusual. This is a riddle, remember. Why would God give us things as important as Babylon? Five chapters in the Bible. In a riddle. Why would he do that? Maybe to see if we care enough to work through it, pray through it, study through it, and find out the truth. That's what we need to know. <clears throat> We're supposed to be good stewards of the what of the kingdom of God? The mysteries. Our assignment out there, bond, servant, fellowship. What's the scripture reference? First or second Corinthians what? Two what? Where it says? That we're, that he has revealed these mysteries to who? To his bondservants. We're bondservants. Those who, what? 
who understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Remember, how, how many times have you read in the New Testament Paul saying, Behold, I show you a mystery, or the wisdom that was given me concerning the mystery, or that you pray for us that we might be able to preach this mystery. Yeah, there's lots of mysteries. There's lots of things to be solved. So you can't just go surfing on the net or go, you know, jump in to find popular, uh, uh, popular opinion and, and solve the mystery. You know, crack the riddle if you please. Okay. So th- this is very unusual. The rulers of the earth, they're involved in the same fornication, for, fornicatious activities as this prostitute, but the inhabitants of the earth are intoxicated. Isn't that interesting? Let's, let's keep going. Let's read that verse again. Be sure that Harold's not misleading you. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. It's worldwide. Any comments so far? This is an open forum. Are you with me? Are you studying with me? I'm, I'm doing this first week to hope to drive you to go home and study this and, and dig into this thing. I want you to do that. Alrighty, so here we go. So he's, he's seen this woman sitting on this, this beast, and so he, this, this, this angel is going to give him understanding or explanation. So here we go. He says, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to explain this to you. Remember what he told him in, uh, verse one right here. He said, oops. He says, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore. So the main thrust of the study is the judgment that comes upon this Babylon entity, but he's going to take us through several other little things to get us there. So the first thing that he shows John is he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Well, let's just back up and read in our Bibles. Turn with me in your Bible to Revelation chapter 13. And first, let's read verses 1 through 7. Let's see if we can find this very same beast at other places in Scripture. Let's use Scripture to to explain Scripture. It says, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. Well, gosh, it sounds like this right here, don't it? Let's keep reading. Verses 1 through 7. So, it said right here, the names of blasphemy. Who has the names of blasphemy? The woman or the beast? The beast does. So, that's just a little thing to keep in mind as we as we go here. It's not the woman at this point. The woman's got a cup full of stuff that we, we're going to read about. Her cup is what her, condemns her. But the beast is these names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat in great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is likened to the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, that's us, that's why we need to understand this thing, and to overcome them, and power was given to him over all the, all kindreds and tongues and nations. All right, now let's 
Let's skip down and read verses 13 and 14 to help us identify this thing so as we can, so as we won't violate if you place the parable. You know, if, if Jesus gave us a, a parable about sowing seed and, uh, we're trying to, uh, tell a parable about, uh, you know, picking blackberries or, or uh, you know, gathering eggs, and it has nothing to do with what he said, we need to be careful. We need to back up and reconsider, don't we? So let's read verses 13 and 14, just so as we'll know who this kingdom is. Okay, verses 13 and 14 of Revelation uh, chapter 13 says, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Chapter 17, excuse me, please, I'm sorry. Let's go back to chapter 17, verses 13 and 14. And it says, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. They shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called faithful and true. So this is a final kingdom, a final authority on earth, if you please, that gets destroyed by Yeshua himself, isn't it? Let's go to Daniel chapter 7 now. Read verses 7 and 8, Daniel chapter 7, if you would, because this, these, this beast that we just read about in Revelation chapter 17, verses 13 and 14, we just read about Yeshua destroying it, didn't we? That's what he just did. So let's go to, to Daniel, see if we can find this same beast and identify it. See, you know, see how it plays into this. So we'll understand what's been told us in this, in this cryptic uh, description. Daniel chapter 7. Let's read first verses 7 and 8 of Daniel 7. I'm reading from the King James. It's not going to make any difference what translation you read from. It says, After this I saw the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceeding. And it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was, diff- it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Well, here we go. There's our ten horns again. Well, let's read about it. And I consider the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn two eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now let's just slip on down to verses 23 through 27 and find out when, when this thing exists. Verses 23 through 27 tells us, In chapter 7 of Daniel, thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of that kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy them to the end. So it's a, it's a kingdom that's in place. At the end, it's the last kingdom, isn't it? Let's go to Daniel chapter 2 real quick, like, just so as we'll know that as we read this cryptic language, we're not on our own in interpreting it, not by any means, because Scripture has described it over and over again, most of these things that we're going to read that are cryptic descriptions. Daniel chapter chapter 2, verses 31 through 34. Daniel 2, 31 through 34 says, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image, this great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, 
and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till a, a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them into pieces. Now let's go to verses 42 through 44 for the explanation of that, of Daniel chapter 2. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So we see here that same thing happening. We see that it's the last kingdom on earth that has seven heads and ten horns, and it gets destroyed in one instance here by a stone that's cut out of the mountains without hands, and another instance that <clears throat> Yeshua himself over in Revelation came and destroyed it. So as we read this, what, how could we summarize what this says? I mean, how could we... Uh, how can we just in a few words describe what's said here to, to help us understand what's being said, but not, not so much with all this cryptic language? Let's, let me show you how, what I, how I summarized it very quickly. <clears throat> the beast, not the woman, has the names of blasphemy. The seven heads and ten horns have prophetic meanings clearly distinguished in other Bible passages. This beast represents the final dominant world power that will be destroyed by Yeshua himself. These kings, rulers, uh, presidents, prime ministers, whatever you want to call them, are involved in the same debaucherous game as, game or activity, whatever you want to say, as the woman. Why do I say that? Well, she's, they're, she's riding them. She's, they're carrying her along. They're, they're going along with it. Alright, let's go back and read the verse that we just summarized again now. Very carefully here. So he carried me away in the spirit of the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. She's sitting there. Well, we just learned that the, the kings of the earth, these ten kings right here, these seven heads and ten horns, it, it, this represents ten kings that will arise, and then <clears throat> three of them are going to fall, and it's going to be represented by these, these final seven heads here. Well, they're kings of the earth. They're in the same, strumpetuous, if you please, debaucherous, if you please, activity as the whore is. We're going to find out that she's called the mother because she's so big, and what she's doing, is I mean, she's the leader of the pack. They're all doing it, but she's like the leader. She's like, well, just follow me, boys. Do what I do. So that's that's kind of the picture we're going to get here as we, as we keep looking. Any Anybody have a different view? Please. This is an open forum. Okay. All right. I haven't heard any, any nays so far, so please. Let's just see what the Scripture is saying. So let's go back and very quickly get a real quick view so far, divine sentence has been passed against Mysterion, ba Mysterion Babylon, a large and strumpetuous entity influencing the entire earth. It, it starts out that with that judgment is coming. Sentence has been passed. It's going to happen. That's what this angel's telling John. And then he goes into all this stuff tell, helping us to identify it. Because the rulers of the earth are involved in the same activities of the prostitute, the inhabitants of earth are intoxicated or they're, they're drunk. The whole earth. That's, that's, that's unusual, isn't it? As you think about that, it is, if you're convinced that Babylon is the Catholic Church, I would only ask you this. How would the 
rulers in India be going to a Catholic church and being good Catholics, and as a result, the inhabitants of India become intoxicated. What's the connection? How would the rulers of, of China be involved as being good, you know, going to the Catholic church on Sunday and being good Catholics, which none of them do, by the way, and then the Chinese people, the general inhabitants, how would they get intoxicated by that? Is that, is that what's happening now? This, this stuff is going on now. There's something that this, this notorious prostitute is doing and rulers, not just little Joes like us, but rulers are involved in it and people are getting intoxicated. What, when you're, when you're intoxicated, you're possessed by that alcohol, ain't you? Yeah. We, we know all about that and you've probably had friends that were intoxicated and you, you just can't get any sense out of them. Well, can you think of anything that, that, that the inhabitants of the earth right now are intoxicated, intoxicated with? I mean, what is it that everybody, I mean, this shouldn't be so hard for us to figure out, should it? Since the whole world's drunk with the same thing. I mean, if Wade's drunk on whatever, and I'm drunk on the same thing, hey, man, that's good stuff, huh? Yeah. All right. So what is the whole world drunk on right now? Roman Catholicism? Money and things? Money and things? Oh, wow. Money and things, maybe. That's just my... You tell me, what do you think the world is drunk on right now? The whole world. This verse right here says that the whole world, the inhabitants of the drunk of the earth are intoxicated. That's all seven continents. I just was thinking about uh, this verse, the intoxication could possibly be uh, considered as influence. And certainly of the primaries uh, preparing for an election, uh, everybody's talking about uh, change. And it seems like the the whole world is is picking it up, and people are demanding change. Whatever the change might happen to be, they just want change. Seems to me like a nationwide influence, whether it's worldwide or not. All right. Thank you, Delroy. Any other comments on what you think the inhabitants of the earth could be intoxicated with? I've got oil, black gold, the problems in the Middle East, pleasures of this world, mixed worship, power, power. Yes, power and the Western ways, worship of false gods. All right. I didn't hear Roman Catholicism nor your time. So all these are very good. But guess what? As we keep on this in this in this cryptic description, guess what? It's going to be laid out for us real clear what it is. We haven't got to it. We're just doing verse by verse just so we know what's said, just so we don't jump to any erroneous conclusions. So just... Just so that I can participate too, I want to, I want to put my vote in is that the thing that the inhabitants of Earth now this includes the inhabitants of Australia, uh, Africa, Europe, Asia, North America, South America. There ain't a lot of people in Antarctica, but I'm sure there's some. So they're they're intoxicated with the same thing, and I, and I believe just because I can believe what I want to believe. But I got a lot of material evidence to back it up. It's money and things because that's what people are intoxicated with is. Money and things. That's, that's the world's God right now is money and things. But I'm afraid it's cracking because this worldwide uh, derivative thing is going to it's going to it's going to bring the God of this world, one of the gods of this world, money down. So that's my input, and that's why. Alrighty. So, <clears throat> but I'm, we're we're going to we're going to nail it down before the study's over. With. It's going to take us several sessions. So the inhabitants are dr they're drunk. 
The beast, not the woman, has the names of blasphemy. The seven heads and ten horns have prophetic meanings clearly distinguished in the Bible passages. This beast represents the final dominant world power that will be destroyed by Yeshua himself. Okay? And the prime ministers, rulers, presidents, kings, whatever you want to call them, are involved in the same debaucherous game as game or activity as a woman because she's what? She's riding them. They're allowing it to a point, but we're going to get down to a point in chapter 17 where the ten of these kings start to hate this woman. We're going to read it. And it's a very unusual construction in the Greek, and we're going to find out where these ten kings kind of sit to the side and manipulate it and have her burnt with fire. So it's very interesting. It's not just... Uh, well, it's the Catholic Church kind of thing we can approach. We have to be careful to be sure that we understand what's being said so that we don't offend God's Word. He gives us chapter after chapter on the subject, and it's up to us to carefully look at it and pray and find out what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to have to hurry. One more verse. Verse 4. It took us almost an hour to get four verses. How long is it going to take us to do two chapters? Oh, boy. And the woman was arrayed in purple... Hey, that was a color associated with the tabernacle in the day's Torah study, wasn't it? And scarlet, another color associated with the tabernacle today. And decked with gold, my goodness, another article in today's tabernacle study. And precious stones, another article associated with the tabernacle. And there weren't no pearls. Having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Her attire befits royalty, doesn't it? Same thing's used in the tabernacle. Well, the very presence of God came to where he said, Build this tabernacle and I will dwell among you. So her attire befits royalty. But the cup, the cup, it says, was full of the word that got translated was abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Well, the word that got <coughs> translated abomination is the word, Wade, would you help me with that? Bedeligma? I can't. B-D-E-L-O-O-G. Okay, you heard Wade say it. I can't say it. And it got translated as abomination, but it means a detestation, something that's detestable. I just can't believe that's going on. I just can't believe that's happening. That, golly, bum, that can't be possible. Okay. Another translation translates that right there as guess what? What's Wade, what did Wade spend two whole Saturdays or two whole Sabbath studies teaching us about the religious system of Babylon, and the word. Well, let me just let me just very quickly bring it up and read it to you. Give me just a second, and we'll just read it right here on the screen all together. I'll just bring up the sword here, and we'll get it right up here. Alrighty. Oops, sorry. Okay, verse four. I'm sorry. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, and glittered with gold, precious stones, and pearls. In her hand was a gold cup filled with the ob. Obscene. All that Wade was teaching us in the past couple of weeks was how obscene, and there's no need me going into all the. And I, I'm, I'm glad, Wade. I'm glad you had the guts to stand up here and just be real graphic with us and make us get a grip on the obscenity of some of the things that go on. So, another clue here is that in this cup that this woman has, it's filled with obscenities. Whoa! But we don't need to go into what all the things around our our church buildings around heaven because they're very obscene, very Wade covered. I can't, I'm not going to try to add to what he did. So thank you, Wade, for doing what you did. So 
abominations, also obscenities, or detestable things. And then <clears throat> the word that got translated filthiness is immoral. Immoral. Lacking moral character. That these things are being done is we don't care what morality is. We don't care what we learn in Sunday school. We don't care about anything like that. We're just going to do this. The cup. We're talking about the cup. Now, what's in the cup? Remember, her attire befitted royalty, but the cup is what gives her away. The contents are the antithesis of royalty. We, we learn about royalty in Scripture. It says that the, the, the throne, the kingdom, should be established on righteousness and goodness and mercy and things of that nature. But what's in this cup? Anything but royalty. A parallel passage in Jeremiah 51, verse 7, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made the earth drunken. The nations have drunk of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. That's a parallel passage in Jeremiah 51. So it says that Babylon had been a golden cup in the Lord's hand, but now Babylon has made all the earth drunk. The nations have drunk of her wine, and therefore the nations are mad. So let, let's try to summarize this verse up real quick, like, and we're going to close off for our study for today. The woman has the outward appearance of royalty, but upon closer examination, quite a different picture emerges. Well, so we're going to have to stop there. It's, it's almost six. And we're going to continue on this fashion until we get a grip on what these verses are saying. So we clearly understand what's being said. And then, at that point, after we understand clearly what's being said, then we'll start looking around and see what we can find that fits. We'll go from there. All right, any, any comments? Corrections? Some ideas as to what Babylon is in the past? I'm sure you have. And we'll, we'll consider that. We'll consider everything. But it's very important for us to realize the judgment the judgment that's coming and why. Because God gives us five chapters in Scripture total on this what, what this subject is. We'll continue on next week. I want you to go home and study, 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 and pray over Revelation 17 and 18. Understand what's saying. Get your concordance out and look up the meanings of words. It'll help you. Messianic Radio for a spiritually hungry world. Speak to the rock. Get answers for your life. Find out what's missing in your Bible and why. Solace Radio. Changing lives one heart at a time.